welcome to another episode of the Marvel Masterworks Podcast and Bitcast. As always, I'm your host, Adam, and with me is my co-host, Donnie, the Venom enthusiast himself. Donnie, how's it going? Hey, what's up, comic book fans? It's the man whose ring runs on Fanboy Energy, the podcasting machine, the big nerd in green. It's the Emerald Enthusiast, also known as the vociferous Venom Maniac, here to talk to you about Venom number one and some other things that are happening right now in the Marvel Universe. Is that the... What, what did you just call yourself? The vociferous the Venom Maniac. <laughs> going to try to remember that for next time. That's, that's a lot of words. Uh... Uh, today's it doesn't episode, roll off the tongue nearly as well as episode, it, Today's episode is brought to you by the letter B, <laughs> folks. B. <laughs> uh, and the wonderful number one. <laughs> hey, look, for once, look, for once, Donnie. I actually have my book out, so I can do that, too. Look at that. Hey. Number one, one yeah. wonderful venom. Ah, ah, ah. The count, that's right. Here we support... Sesame Street and all they're trying to do for the youngsters. Exactly, exactly. Good on them. Good for you, Big Bird. That's right. From the first PSA to the last, anyway. That's right. Uh, we, want, we want healthy kids in the world. So yeah, we don't want to. Yeah, if, uh, let's not go there. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, so. a bit of coffee. Um, as Donnie alluded to. And us showing off our, our comic book issue. We'll tell you we're going to review the brand new Venom issue. Uh, new series. Uh, but before we do that, we recently got a trailer, Donnie, for a movie that as much as I want to see in theaters, but right now it looks like I'm not going to be seeing it in theaters. Uh, but the, that movie in question is Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, there was a lot of uh, the the hype for this movie and this trailer is quite impressive. I the the hype surrounding this this might be the most hyped movie outside of Endgame that Marvel has had because you're talking about bringing in so many previously used characters in the other Spider-Man franchises, so many people are salivating over this, and it's understandable. Like, Donnie, I, I, I'm trying to go back in my head to 2002 to think does this hype compare to the first Spider-Man movie? It might be bigger because, I mean, the, the first Spider-Man movie, as big as that was, this has the Marvel Studios machine behind it. This might right. be even bigger than that. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if this makes more money than any of the previous singular Spider-Man titles that has been released in the past. Well, I think that's going to be... The, the only reason that might be a little bit of hard, bit difficult is because of the state of the world. But, right. Yeah, that's a good point. That's the only quantifier that I have that I'm like... If this was like a normal, if we were living in a normal world where, you know, it was safe to go outside and breathe the same air as everybody else, <laughs> right. uh, I would say that this clears a billion easy. Because Far From Home did a billion, right? It was the first Spider-Man to do a billion, if I... I believe so. 
Let's so check that I, out for you. I have no doubt that 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 if we were in normal times, that No Way Home would clear a billion based off the hype that we're seeing for this. And yes, so, one point one three billion dollars. Yeah. Correct, so sir. if if this was normal time, I think this movie tops that mm-hmm. easily. Um, but I'm not willing to make that prediction right now because who knows? Uh, and uh, I feel kind of like Tobey Maguire uh, today, uh, Donnie, because my back, I, 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 I did some exercises <laughs> to my back. And right. so now I'm, 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 I feel like Tobey when he's like, oh, my back, you know, that part in the movie, part, part two, and he falls in the car, and he's like, oh, my back, my back, right? Uh, yeah, I, so I, I can relate to Tobey Maguire there. Yeah. Um, I never liked I, Kristen Dunst upside down. I would have liked to. I still would have. She's up for it. Call me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll make it happen. But, uh, you know. I have definite memories of that moment because my nephew, who I believe was like four years old at the time, when that moment happened with Spider-Man falling, you know, and, and hitting his back and everybody laughing, he took that as, as people in the theater were making fun of Spider-Man. And I remember in the middle of this theater, he stands up, turns and looks at the crowd and goes, that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> he was indignant that they were laughing at his hero. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, that's understandable. <laughs> I know how you felt. I felt that way when I was 14 watching Batman and Robin. Everybody was making a joke out of my favorite hero. Uh, so I got to get it. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then I walked out of the theater halfway through because I'm like, I can't take this crap anymore, but I digress. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, so I think the hype is like you like you're saying. I think it's bigger. It's the biggest I've seen for any Spider-Man movie. Let's be, let's put it that way. Um, well, I mean, you know, not only are you talking about the MCU Spider-Man, you're talking about people who may have been fans of the previous franchises, and there, you know, there's some speculation that this that Venom actually connects to this too. And I don't want to go too much into that because I know not everybody has seen that. But there's a reason that Venom. Yeah, could be I haven't seen it, but I know what happens. And yeah. Right. Well, yeah. It's hard to avoid spoilers, but yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so the hype is there. Now, the trailer, general thoughts before I get into specifics. I got to say, Donnie, I think, I, I think this trailer is the most Tom Holland Spider-Man has felt like Spider-Man to me in the entire five movies he's been in so far. Okay. I'll tell you why. Because from the dialogue in the trailer and what he's saying, what he's going through, you understand the weight of responsibility that he deals with as Spider-Man. And there's no mention of, well, what would Mr. Stark do in this situation? <laughs> Right. Or uh, I got to call Mr. Like, there's none of that. It's just, you know, he tells. Well, it would be hard to call Tony Stark at this point. I you mean, could do it. You just would get, you know, the, 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 the feedback I, might be questionable. I, I mean, call uh, Long Island Medium there. I mean, this is New York after all. <laughs> Give her a call or, you know. Uh, I, I mean, look, Dr. Strange is there. Yeah. He's the master of the, of the what does he call himself? The master of the mystical, what what is he? Master of the mystical arts, yes. Right. 
Yeah, the sorcerer so supreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get up the conjure up some of that mysticism, and have him, I wouldn't put it past me if he has him have a conversation <laughs> with Tony Stark from the grave. Um, um, and all you hear is Robert Downey Jr.'s voice. Do yourself get up done. Anyway, um, but um, but no. So like, there's like like it's the first time you feel the weight of responsibility, at least for me. And like this is the burden that I get to handle on my own, and that's from that initial bit of dialogue when he's talking about to MJ about you know the spider bite. The only time he's had a normal felt like he's had a normal life was one week when she found out, you know all that right, and then you know, so you really feel the weight of responsibility on the guy, and I like that. Um, well, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier this week with the Flash. You know, a lot of people feel like they want some scenes where it's just the Flash taking care of business himself. And yeah. I've heard what you're what you're saying about Spider Man here that people feel like he's too dependent on Tony Stark, right? That he's too much of a sidekick of Iron Man. And so now we see him existing in a world where there is no Iron Man. He's got to do this himself, right? So, um, and I mean, look in the context of. Everybody knows my secret. How do we reverse this? It makes sense to go to Doctor Strange. So his purpose in this movie makes sense uh, for that regard. And then basically, you know, Doctor Strange reiterates that, listen, you botched the spell. He puts the blame on him. And I'm like, and I agree with MJ. She's like, well, you were doing the spell. This is your fault, uh, right? Right. Um, but Doctor Strange informs them that, you know, because of Peter's fault uh, of botching the spell, we've been getting visitors, and those visitors are multiversal villains. Mm -hmm. uh, and we get a lot of a lot of scenes with uh, Willem. Uh, well, Willem, Willem Dafoe is one yeah, of them. No, no, Willem Dafoe is one of them, but a lot of scenes with uh, Alfred, Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina. Yeah. As well, Doc I think, yeah. well, I think he has some Italian background. If you go way back, so he's a fellow Paisan. So, hey, hey, <laughs> anyway, uh, but uh, yeah, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. And there's something about seeing these guys again uh, uh, Doc Ock, Green Goblin, uh, Electro, Electro, Sandman, Lizard. Sand, like, and not just those characters, but those renditions. That just makes me, like, you call it nostalgia, call it what you want, but it makes me giddy. Exactly. Like, well, well, I thought, you know, Jamie Foxx's performance as Electro, highly underrated. And now we get to see him again. So Yeah, like, look, look. So what, what this trailer does is it confirms after the first teaser, Remember there was that part where where Doc Ock says, hello, Peter. Mm -hmm. And there was some internet speculation of, well, which Peter is he talking to? Well, clearly, given who was under the suit, it's Tom Holland's Peter. But he thinks, Doc Ock, thinks it's his Peter, mm -hmm. who, of course, is Tobey Maguire. Because we see a scene where he's got, 
he's, yeah, he's got him gripped and turned yeah. upside down. Yeah. yeah. And, and he unmasks him. And he looks at him and he says, and this, this line is so meta because, you know, you have particular people who prefer Toby, some prefer Andrew, but, but, but what Doc Ock says is meta for those people because he says, you're not Peter Parker. And part of me started laughing just because of that, <laughs> that meta aspect of it. And, but when he says you're not Peter Parker, that confirms a couple of things. That it confirms that, to me, without showing Tobey Maguire, that tells me that, yeah, Tobey Maguire is in this. Because why would you make a point of saying that without then following through and showing me Toby Spider-Man? Right. Well, this is definitely the previous versions coming through. It's not just them giving us, you know, the villains with the same actors. They're making yeah, a point to say yeah. they're coming through the multiverse here. Yeah, and that, yeah. And that was what some people were saying. Oh, and even after this trailer, which I don't get, Donnie, even after this trailer, I've heard some people, well, what if there's just a variant that looks like the, 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 it's the same actor? No, it's clear as day from the trailer, like folks who think that, pay attention when you're watching the trailer. Yeah. They're telling you exactly what they are. They're the spy, they're the people from the other franchise. Like the, 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 that line tells you that they're that. He even says we've had some visitors. Where do you think they right. came from? Right. The local and target. It, yeah. Right, and it's and, you know, and it's called Multiverse of Madness. Well, no, no, you know, that uh, Doctor Strange's uh, movie. Yeah, so, but, yeah. but this one, yeah. That, yeah. So, so we're already dealing with that concept. By the that, way, go ahead, go ahead. That line confirms several things. Tobey Maguire's existence as Spider-Man, but also that, yes, this is the Doc Ock of that universe. Another thing that I'll say is I think what we've seen is that, you know, this is going to end at some point with MJ delivering the line, you know, Peter, you're not Spider-Man. We are the Spider-Man. <laughs> I don't really believe that. I just wanted to say that Donnie, to Adam's reaction. <laughs> you're very lucky <laughs> that I can't afford to fire you right now. Otherwise, <laughs> you'd be fired. Uh, but no. Um, so. And then Peter so yeah. responds, no, you're not Mary Jane. We are Mary Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the horror, the travesty of it all. Um, if that's what gets appropriated, the pop culture from the Flash, God help us all. Um, all right. But yeah, so that's confirmed, confirmed there. Well, Willem Dafoe, man, just hearing that cackle. And then oh, to yeah. see him in that exact same suit from 2002. Oh, Donnie felt so so good. And like you were saying, with uh, you know, we see a shot of, of Jamie Foxx's Electro. A different and, the the visuals are different, but it's Jamie Foxx. So yeah, and again, some people well see this proves that it's a variant with the same actor because he's not blue and he looks at it. So what? That's just a Marvel. That's one of two things. He's gotten an upgrade. Look-wise, mm -hmm. or that's just the MCU taking liberties. Sure. 
He looks became, more like the classic electro. He became feige. He said that blue stuff was stupid. That Smurf look was stupid. I don't want to do it. We're doing something else. But it's the same electro. Mm -hmm. It's like when Jim Lee's on the book, right? And then uh, uh, Brian Edge is on the book. The art isn't exactly the same. Sure, sure. Right? It looks a little different, but it's the same character. So, and the way they made Electra's classic look work, my God, that, that was, what a beautiful image. Uh, no, I would agree. Um, we see uh, a couple of, we see this black and gold suit that Peter's wearing. I don't think that's the symbiote or anything. No, definitely not. I, I, I've just heard that it's a, a inverted, version of his black and red suit is what i what i heard which makes sense because you can actually see wiring coming out of the there's some speculation there too some people don't feel like that's tom holland in there that that might be one of the other spider-men see i think it is tom Holland, and i'll tell you why in one of the shots he's got a he's got a cell phone taped to his costume mm -hmm. and he's facetiming with with ned and and mj why would why would Tobey Maguire's Peter or Andrew Garfield's Peter have the phone FaceTiming with those two? Yeah, you, you know, you have a point there. But yeah, I've seen people speculate. So yeah, be interesting to see. Maybe it is him. But yeah, there there seems Somebody like a part. Might. There seems like a part of the trailer uh, where Doc Ock, Alfred Molina, when they're talking to him when he's imprisoned, is mm -hmm. is seemingly more helpful to peter he's trying to be like so at some point do you think he has that same turn that he did in in spider-man 2 where where this peter convinces him no you're a good person help me yeah it, it could it's going to be interesting to see like where in the time stream that version of doc Ock comes through so i think he gets pulled out right like just before he has that epiphany mm-hmm yeah. To explain could, why he's why he's chasing Peter. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I just I love this idea of being able to see all these characters together, pulled from these various places, and see the explanation of how they get to this point in time in the MCU. And again, we know why. What I liked about this trailer was that we get an idea of why Spider-Man and Doc Doc uh, Doctor Strange are at odds with each other because there's a point in the trailer where Dr. Strange says they're all meant to die fighting Spider-Man. That's their fate. Mm -hmm. By they, he means all the other villains. And by Spider-Man, he means Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. But Peter being Peter Parker and Spider-Man, Knowing that, hey, if we send these guys back, they're going to die at sort of a version of me's hands, and I don't want that on my conscience. So let's see if we can keep them here and rehabilitate them. That's So that's where the, the conflict comes from. And that is quintessential Peter Parker. Peter doesn't want to kill anybody. Peter would much rather talk them down and help them. Mm -hmm. 
And so I think that's very well within the Peter Parker character. And another thing, Donnie, there's a scene where Peter, MJ, and Ned are interrogating Doc Ock. And they're like, who are you? And they're like, he's like, I'm Dr. Otto Octavius. And they start laughing. They're like, no, really, what's your, what's your real name? <laughs> A lot of people, some people online are like, oh, well, look at the forced humor. I don't like this, the MCU humor. Uh, I'd like to make a, to make a request to these people. Mm-hmm. Read a Spider-Man comic. Well, didn't, you know, didn't J. Jonah Jameson say that in the, you know, the, the Raimi trilogy? He's like, right. you know, what do you, what do you, what are the odds of the guy named Otto Octavius would end up with eight arms? You know, no, but Donnie, correct me if yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. But isn't that a staple in Spider-Man comics that he often makes fun of the names and right. looks of his villains? And I don't think that's that's not Spider-Man being mean. I don't think that's off limits, you know, somebody's name like that. So No, but it's quintessential. Like, it's a classic Spider-Man trope. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why people are getting upset over it. Again, yeah. read a Spider-Man comic. Uh, and then here's the shot that I really want to talk about. So, so in the final couple of shots, we see basically Spider-Man swinging towards all three of the, those villains, Sandman, uh, Lizard, and Electro. But Here's the funny thing, Donnie. If you watch that shot closely, if you take that shot at face value and say it's exactly as it was shot and there's nothing being withheld, here's Peter Parker, right? The only one that's coming at him in his line of sight that if they collide, is going to collide with him, is Sandman. Mm -hmm. The lizard is off further below so unless he somehow gained some sort of flight or levitation ability he ain't gonna make it up to to where spider-man is okay right and if you look at where electro is electro's higher up now he could conceivably hit peter with his you know lightning but still he's he'd have to be directing it downwards he's directing it straight mm-hmm. so and then apparently what we've been, what we've found out is that in the brazilian cut of the trailer it lasted a couple second seconds longer and you see the lizard's head recoil back like he's been kicked or punched so either the air is kicking and punching him right or which means john some- cena right because right, we can't see. Oh, so wait, but they've, they've cast a variant Spider-Man of John Cena, exclusive. Uh, but no, um, either John Cena, the wind, or the wind hit him, or there's a clever bit of that Marvel editing that we know happens. And what I think is happening, and what many others think, is not just me, that the other two Spider-Man are in that shot in the in the film. Facing off against those two other villains as well. 
What are your thoughts on that? That's going to be a landmark scene if that happens. And I'm with you. I, I definitely think Andrew and Toby are in this movie. And and Donnie, the other thing too, there's the scene where MJ's falling. Mm-hmm. And it's an exact recreation of the Gwen, Gwen Stacy fall yeah. from, from, from the comics and The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And then notice you only see you see Tom Holland dive, but then you only see one hand getting closer to touching right. MJ's hand. So my other contention is what if all three Spider-Man attempt to save her? Uh, this Peter won't be able to get there in time. Toby Peter won't be able to get there in time. But the one that saves her is Andrews Peter. Because what what amazing redemption that would be if the right. guy who had the exact same thing happen couldn't save his, the only, his own love of his life, but saves this the love of this Spider-Man's life. That, I think that yeah. would be beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And I hope it happens that way. Yeah, that would be like a really cathartic moment. I think fans of, you know, because... <sighs> One of my disappointments with with the old with the old movies is that we really didn't get to see the end with either one of them. Yeah, the the Raimi one was supposed to go another movie. the The web series was supposed to go maybe another two movies, another three. Yeah, I think yeah, or yeah. Movies. So we they both got you know prematurely ended. So I like this idea of these characters getting to come back and you know kind of hopefully finding their you know their happy ending this way. So yeah. So I think that would be so overall thoughts of the trailer. I thought it was great. Likewise. I loved it. I'm so hyped for this movie. And that's gonna be a long 60-day wait from theatrical to to uh to streaming. Right. Yeah, because likewise, I'm not there's no way unless it 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 gets to the drive-in again, there's no way I'm going into a movie theater right now. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But we're excited for it. And you could bet for a review. Uh, when we both do see it. Mm-hmm. Like we will have for Venom very shortly because that's right. coming out on digital very soon. Mm-hmm. We'll have that for you right here, the Multiverse Musings vidcast available on YouTube, also on iTunes and Podbean. Yeah. yeah. All right, Nani. So with that being said, um, let's get in. Speaking of Venom, Let's get in to Venom number one. Mm-hmm. So Venom number one, and we have the creative team, Rom V, Al Ewing, and Brian Hitch. And this book starts out, you get two scenes. Dylan's in one place and Eddie is in another. Now remember from the previous series, Eddie has acquired the Enigma Force, and that's what resurrected him in King in Black. Yeah. And he's actually able to control the un- other symbiotes after defeating Null. So we see a little bit of history here. The Clintar in the past, in the distant past, would bond with hosts and become like protector knights. Right. Kind of reminding me of a certain other group that works for DC that wear green rings, but I digress. So we see that. I'm shocked Eddie- that you would. You would, you would. <laughs> We'll see that parallel. Then, really, I'm—I'm I'm sure you didn't see that coming at all. 
I mean, how you bear, you bear, the fact that you even know about those green green folks is quite astounding to me. I mean, you know, it's not like <laughs> you're a huge fan or anything like that. No, well, I mean, what what's the giveaway anyway? So we see that Eddie is actually leading this army of protector symbiotes like telepathically. Yeah. And he comes across this like relief freighter in space because after the King and Black story, there's been a universal like effort to oh. deal with the aftermath of the the situation with Null and the invasion of Dormammu. And we see that Eddie actually is in control of four symbiotes that go to the ship that are being, the ship is being besieged by pirates. And interestingly- Oh, Johnny Depp's in this book, I didn't know this. <laughs> that would be interesting. Um, yeah, and Eddie actually names the four symbiotes after the Beatles. I, I like that reference, because I, yeah. I I know the Beatles are. I well, like some well, of the music. What, Ringo, Paul, I'm sorry, I'm not a music person. Ringo, Paul, George, and what was the other one? Okay. John. John. Yeah. Okay. So is that, other, is that other guy that the spotters that comes at the end and makes that threat? Is that going to be Yoko Ono that breaks up the band? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So um, we see here, again, going to draw a Green Lantern parallel, that even though Eddie and the symbiotes have, you know, kind of been on the right side, the universe, because of what happened while the symbiotes were under the control of Null, yeah. they are not trusted. That race, the Clintar, are not trusted by a lot of different races in space. Yeah. So yeah. a lot like when you know when the Durlins, you know, mm. kind of infiltrated the Green Lantern Corps, and there was a long, long period of time where the universe didn't trust the Green Lanterns. So Agreed, now man. we pivot back to Earth, and Dylan is having problems in school. He's beating down some bullies, and Eddie is absentee in all of this because, again, he's leading an army of symbiotes. And Dylan is on the verge of expulsion. And he walks home with Sleeper, and we see that he's kind of going home. And back on the ship, something takes control of one of the symbiotes that is not Eddie. And you see that this thing kills the inhabitants of the ship and tells Eddie that defeat and death are coming and in a way that has already happened. It's not just a veiled threat. It's something from the future that right. is saying your time, you will not sit long on this throne. Your time is over. And this has been kind of preordained. Right. And we, we don't know who that force is. We just saw kind of, you know, the symbiote with the red eyes and that's it. That was very creepy, though. Speaking of creepy. Visual. Visually, yeah. that was pretty creepy. Back on Earth, Eddie shows up in the apartment where Dylan is sleeping and says, you're in danger. Wants to know where the Venom symbiote is. Dylan then gets a call from Eddie, and he says, it's there with you. You're in danger. So the Eddie, we, we get the idea that the Eddie that was there with Dylan bodily that's eddie. not that's not eddie and so his dad is actually in this other hotel room so eddie tells dylan to meet him in this hotel room and eddie projects his mind into the future by using his connections with the symbiotes so he's pro projecting his consciousness into like 
future symbiotes and kind of moving through the time stream. Yeah. And we see Kang, which makes total sense that we would see Kang in a time travel situation. Of course. And also a, a monstrous symbiote-looking creature named Bedlam. Now, this is not the X-Men Bedlam. This seems to be a new, uh, a new symbiote or new symbiote creature of some sort. Then we see some military force show up, and they blow up Eddie's hotel room just as Dylan arrives. And the Venom symbiote shows up and bonds to Dylan. And that's another like theme that runs through this is Eddie is very wary of Dylan bonding to the symbiote for any length of time. And it's funny because that's what, like the issue started with Dylan Venom battling the, you know, the, 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 the cops and the armed for army. Mm -hmm. So it brought us back to the start of the issue. In a way. Right, right. But if we see that Eddie, you know, we we've seen Dylan in, in in the last series. We saw Dylan wearing wearing the symbiote, but we see that right. Eddie tells him, you know, use it if you need to, but don't bond to it. Don't do what I did. Yeah. And here he has no choice. And you see now Dylan as Venom, and he just goes off and like kills a bunch of these soldiers. In the meantime, Eddie's consciousness is projected to somewhere, a, a planet, a dimension. We're not exactly given the, the answer to that. And he greets a being named Meridius. And being that Eddie is currently like on the god tier in, in, in terms of power, I wonder if he's in the places that like characters like the Living Tribunal or the one above all or Shaper characters like that like they inhabit um i believe it's so, what's it called like the far shore i believe but yeah it's, like the in between yeah. of like like yeah yeah it's, it's like purgatory like, for not dead people mm -hmm. it's somewhere outside of like you know that uh the regular like existence of the world so yeah. that's how the issue ends because when you open up and you see that you see that place it's like kind of looks like egypt but kind of not i'm like oh is this some kind of like section of Wakanda that we've never seen, or <laughs> right? No, it doesn't or, seem to be that way. Or is this like the venomized version of Egypt? Mm -hmm. Egypt, uh, I guess we can call. <laughs> That's what I'm calling this place until I know exactly where we are. I'm calling it Egypt because that guy looks like <laughs> an Egyptian Greece, and I'm speaking to Egypt. That's where we are, folks. Yeah, and to my knowledge, this is a this is a brand new character, Meridius. I, I looked him up or her. What you know, King Tut. What? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't see any background on this character at all. So uh, I a couple of things I really like. I really like the fact that the Eddie this new power where he can, you know, mind hop into like other symbiotes and control them. I like that. Right. Right. I think that's really cool. Uh, and I like Dylan's scenario that like he's got to deal with at one point he didn't know his father was his father then he starts building a relationship with him and mm -hmm. now it's strained again because he's gone all the time so that so it's like and but he's also in high school so he's got to deal with the high school crap right right so it's kind of like like dylan's story is kind of like a mix of eddie's because of the strained relationship with his father and Spider and Peters being in the high school 
dynamic. So it's kind of a mishmash of both. And I kind of like that. So it's something this, familiar but new at the same time, you know? Right. What I mean? This is a different direction for Venom and I you know, I I definitely want to see where this goes because it's not robbing you of Eddie Brock but at the same time it's giving you something different. It's it's giving us more Venom. Like we're getting right. two stories. Right? right? So. Hmm? Uh and and I like the like the like like the alien in space dynamic. This should be a thing for Venom that is not out of the ordinary because where does the symbiote come from? It's a, it's a space alien, for God's sake. Yeah, so exactly. This yeah. kind of sci-fi bent, very much sci-fi horror. It's very much like it felt like Alien. That's a great point, yeah. And I like it. Yeah. Like, like, I, I really, you know, I'm happy to go along for this ride you know, I love the art in this. I like the starting point. Oh, the art was, I mean, like, I can't even single out a page because they were all so damn beautiful. And I like that this left us with a couple of big questions. You know, where is Eddie? Who is this, this like, mysterious force that's coming after him? This all, you know, these are things that I think that are good hooks for people who may have been on the fence about this. So... Excuse me. Absolutely, I, uh, I I was fascinated by by both storylines. The art was stunning. Um, so Al Ewing and Ram V are a good writing team, mm-hmm. and that art is just phenomenal. Yep. So five ninety nine from Marvel Comics. There's lots of variant covers to this. If you're a variant cover collector, so Donnie, did you get any of the variants? Not not yet. I may if I come across them. So okay. all, right. all right. Yeah. And it's 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 a longer story, so it's worth the the five ninety-nine, I think. All right, so story and art, Donnie, unless there's anything you want to add, what do you want to how do you want to read this? Uh no, art. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna give both the art and the story a four point five. There's not uh out of five, there's not much more I could have expected. Uh just Really beautiful, a solid start. I think there's, you know, endless possibilities that you go with having Eddie with these God tier powers as well as Dylan kind of discovering himself <clears throat> as Venom. So Yeah. I, I, I'm gonna give it for the story four point five. And the art is a five. Um I I just love the art. The story, the reason I'm knocking off a point is because it's a number one, but really it should just be 201 because to, to kind of have any bearing for this story, you have you have to have, some, I think you have to have some prior knowledge to Well, you notice that they do that now. They give you the legacy numbering here. So it yeah. says 201. So right. yeah. for, for people, that's what that means, that other number that you're getting on this, if you, if you don't know what legacy <laughs> yeah. numbering is. So right. Uh, no, but what I mean is, like, don't get me wrong. If you've never read Venom and want to try it because it's a, num- a number one, sure, go ahead. I think you'll enjoy it, but you might be a little confused. You have an ad- you have an added benefit if you know something of what's gone on with, Ven- with Venom in the previous one. That's all I'm saying. So that's what kind of prevents it from being a five for me. But still, okay. four and a half for writing, five for art. I can't wait to see where this goes. I'm pumped for it. Likewise. And we will be covering Venom and more Spider-Man, you know, 
on the regular going forward. Mm-hmm. So uh, stay on the lookout for that. But in the meantime, if you want to talk Venom, if you want to talk Spider-Man, or any other subject we talk on this podcast network, you can on social media. So Donnie, where do they get a hold of you? You can find me on Twitter as the Emerald Enthusiast. Let's talk comics. Let's talk collectibles. Let's talk Green Lantern. Let's talk Venom. Sounds like a plan. And if you want to track me down, it's at Adam underscore Leeds fan on Twitter. Uh, we also have the uh, podcast um, network Twitter page, which is at MMMPDC. Uh, if Facebook is more your thing, we do have a Facebook page. It's somewhere in the link below. Click it, I'll add you, and we can continue the conversation there. But until next time, remember, Venom is forever. From the imposter Eddie to the real Eddie. <laughs> so long, everybody. So long.